Hey everybody, welcome to This Good Word, episode 25. The word today is unraveled. It's for anyone who's lost their faith or losing their faith. It's for anyone who's had major questions about God, about life. It's for anyone who's deconstructing and trying to reconstruct. Uh, Today, I'm going to introduce you to a couple of friends of mine, Charlie and Jen Dean. I sat down with them a couple weeks ago, and we just pressed record and had a long conversation, mainly with Jen. Uh, Jen is a mother of four. She is a teacher by trade. She is a pastor's wife, and she talks about the process over the last two years of really losing her faith, losing her childhood God, of not being able to go to church of having tons of questions and not very many answers. She talks about the gifts she received along the way. She talked about the God she met that was very different from her childhood God, and it's such a great conversation. So I can't wait for you to get into it. Um, It's fun. We had it late at night, so we're all a little loopy, Um, but it's really, really good. So before I get into that, a couple of quick things. Uh, Please go to my show notes at steveweens.com, W-I-E-N-S. I'm going to link a couple of books that we mention in this podcast, as well as a link to buy my book if you'd like to do that. And if there are any pastors out there, I put together an eight-week sermon series based on my book, Beginnings. All the outlines and some videos are available. There's a closed Facebook group that I'll interact with. Uh, if for any pastors that choose to preach through this series, it begins on Easter Sunday and then goes for the next eight weeks. Very excited about this resource, and so get it on my show notes. It's all free. Uh, SteveWeens.com, W-I-E-N-S, uh, backslash blog. Okay, uh, I, thought, I don't think there's any other things that I want to share with you other than get into this conversation. It's so good, so rich, and um, I hope you love my friends Charlie and Jen. Enjoy. Okay, here here we are. It, we are. I am in Peoria, which is actually the most beautiful place to be on January twenty third. Uh, it is balmy outside. It's beautiful. It's much warmer than it is in Minnesota. I'm here with my friends Jen and Charlie Dean, but it's really Jennifer, isn't it? I mean, you you're you're Jennifer or Jen? Either. Okay. Yeah. Um, and studio audience of Ashby. Hi, Ashby. Uh, and it's eleven o'clock at night. This is usually I'm so in bed by now, so this could be really <laughs> this could be interesting in a very good way because I know you guys are sort of night owls, but I'm not, which is great. Um, and but I'm here. I'm I'm here visiting my dear friends, and um, I just know some of your story, uh, Jen and Charlie. Uh, but I and I think it's such a great honest story of questioning and of being honest about what no longer works in faith and having the courage to maybe step towards something that does start to maybe a little bit work. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jennifer, let's start with you. Can you just tell me a little bit about sort of your growing up years, your mom and dad, your church background, that kind of stuff? Um, it was <clears throat> pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I told you this earlier. I think I was nurtured to be a one. On the Enneagram. Mm-hmm, on the Enneagram. Which means like perfectionist. Mm-hmm. 
be the good person. You work really hard to follow the rules, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very high standard on the way I dressed, you know, Um, everything. And that was our church life, our home life. I mean, all good because, yeah, it's not, it's not a, I don't want to make that a negative negative, but it was pretty conservative too. Yeah. Pretty narrow. Yeah. And, and. Uh, kind of so seemed like they, you know, we were taught to figure it out. Right. And, and to get it right. Mama. Okay. Can Say you right. think of a story, Jen, where it's like, maybe it's in church, maybe it's at home, but where you kind of knew like, oh my goodness, my job is to get it right or yeah. else. I remember in junior high going with my friend. She, we both went to our pastor. And I remember asking him a question. We went to a Christian school that had all different, you know, all different denominations and asking a question about a specific denomination. And immediately he had an answer. And I didn't really, it didn't, as an eighth grader at the time, I, it didn't, I don't know. I, it seemed like kind of I sat back and thought, wow, it was kind of quick, you know, to His have answer. an answer. And, uh, and was it about, I mean, okay, was it about like, are these people okay? Are they going to hell? Are they go, going to heaven? Are they, can I hang out with this these kinds of people? Was it that kind no, of a question? No, it's just, it was a high value to make sure I knew exactly what we believed and why. Oh, right. That was a very high value. Got it. So you had to, you went as an eighth grader, you went to the pastor, you set up a meeting with the pastor and had a question like, I I, I gotta know, I gotta know, is this okay or not? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And what do you remember about walking away? Like you, so, okay, you met with the pastor, he had a quick answer, you walked away feeling what? Like, I, I need to study more. Oh. You know? Yeah. I don't have it all. I, I need to learn more. Eighth grade. I mean, you're 14. And I felt guilt, shame, you know, that all. Like, I always felt like, oh, I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading enough. I'm not oh. studying enough. I'm not enough, you know? Yes. That was a big message. Yes. I, I just think so many of us grew up with that. Uh, that message that somehow we're deficient, mm-hmm. that somehow the point of it all is to figure it out, to learn, memorize. Did you mem- Did you grow up memorizing scriptures and doing that kind of thing? Yes. We also very much grew up with formulas of, you know, fasting and praying and that, you know, there would be an answer. It would work right. out. If you, it would work out. Yeah. If you do that, if you fast and pray, <clears throat> then you'll get Steady. the answer you're looking mm-hmm. for. It'll work out. Yeah. A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. And I taught math, so <laughs> that was really good. Solving for X, love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that kind of worked out for you. Yeah, finding, I love formulas. Oh my. Charlie, you looked like you were about to say something. No, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I'm just laughing because it rings true that <clears throat> so much of it is the way we were raised was so much of it was slot machine God. Yes. That you just do do the right things, put in the formula or computer. You put in the formula and then it all it'll all work out. You just do the right things and until it doesn't. I was just gonna say I 
I was going to say what I told you earlier. I, I feel like for me, so this bubbled, yeah, it was there for a long, long time. My personality is, I don't know, it seems scary, you know, and, and you go with the, I'm not enough, I didn't study enough, and I don't have it figured out. So I feel like I left that on the, you know, I used the analogy before, like it was on a back burner for a long, long time. And I love that analogy. Uh, It was a couple hours ago, we were sitting in your kitchen Mm -hmm. and you were talking about, you know, we had kids and we had kids for 10 years and they were at home and, but there was something bubbling on the stove. I love that picture. Yeah. Yeah. We had four kids in six years and for four and a half years after that, I was still taking care of them at home. And so that was like a decade of busy, busy. And then they went to school and I was just substituting and I had time in my head and yeah, it, it bubbled over and boiled and, and it, it didn't work anymore. And I recognized that it had to, some of it had to be thrown away. It yeah. wasn't even salvageable. Yeah. And do you remember, Jan, I mean, I think, you know, it's sort of, I think you told me some mm-hmm. of the beginning of it was when Caleb, your oldest, broke his leg, which was a weird weekend because I was actually here yeah. in Peoria coming to <laughs> preach and the weather was horrible and it was like, you know, we almost canceled church, probably should have canceled church. Yeah. I probably should have turned right around and gone right back home because <laughs> you poor people were trying to deal with your, you know, your yeah. oldest son breaking his leg. But, but you said that was kind of the beginning of well, the unraveling. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds trite, a broken leg, because there's so many other no. things. But, but honestly, I saw him laying there on that mountain screaming, and I just remember thinking, what am I going to pray? What is going to fix this right now? Yes. Something's clearly wrong. He is in immense pain. No prayer is going to fix this. Yes. And in my slot machine, A plus B equals that C. That was not going to work out. I knew something was wrong. Yeah. And he he needed surgery. I mean, it was it was a really bad break. It was broken three places. So, um, yeah, that was it. And then it it you know it didn't work out. Yeah. And then you know there's twenty percent of people after they broke their growth plate that it's supposed to. 80% of the time it goes back together and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, his didn't. So mm-hmm. he's in that 20% that he'll have repercussions probably for the rest of his life for this. And I don't know. I just, I had a really easy life. I don't know. You Those did everything hard. right. Yeah. And on the mountainside that day, well, it, it all kind of fell apart. The formula fell apart. Yeah. So I had a really hard time. I mean, I told you earlier, I think I'm a slow learner. I'm also a slow griever. And I mean, I, I, I like the formulas. I'm a math teacher. Um, it, it just made sense. It worked. And I have grieved for a few years now that those are gone, that the That's formulas it. are gone and the, hard, the easy, the e- quote unquote easy is gone. And now it's mystery and I'm not sure. And I will be who I want to be, you know, yeah. and... I, I will say this though. So last winter, I don't know if you're going to get into this part, but <clears throat> it was rough. It was very rough. We had moved. We were living in an apartment, um, which was tight and cozy and fun in that special way. But um, leaving that house that we had for 10 years, that was like my haven. Yeah. That was where I had those four babies and, you know, 
we raised them and and I was able to keep everything on the back burner there in that house so leaving that house I felt like I was sort of coming out of hiding yes you know and we were doing it because of a financial situation we had so that's all out in the open now too and that felt like like we were a little naked you know right very vulnerable very uncovered um and I think there is something about like the nest, the ten-year nest that you, yeah. you raise those boys in, and and um, and it's really interesting that so we're sitting in the new house right now, <laughs> and you all can't see it, but like they built the same house. I mean, it's it's cooler, it's better, it's got some improvements, but it looks exactly the same. At, well, to me, mm-hmm. as the old one. So here you are mm-hmm. sitting on a new lot with a new life, with a new perspective, but price tags have all been switched and Mm -hmm. uh the old formulas don't work anymore even though as you walk around this place right yeah things feel familiar but they don't yeah well I just I remember last winter I mean our poor friends can I just name them the cranes and the sluttons um I mean I sobbed and cried on their shoulders a couple of times but um I I remember just telling them flat out like the worst thought in my head that I could think of was I don't know if God is even there anymore yeah and just I couldn't even get the words out I mean it sounded so awful in my head and saying it out loud sounded worse and because I had said it to a couple people before and they would say well that's okay but just don't stay there for too long oh and and they didn't say that they just looked at me and said it's okay hmm if you never get there, it's still okay. We still love you. Wow. So I think through all that, even though I've grieved the formulas that don't work, it's okay. Yeah. I love you anyway. Yeah. That's really what I needed. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know that that's what I needed, but that is what I needed. You knew it when you got it. Yeah. I mean, and they still, I just thank them all the time that they held that gift and with such tenderness and no strings attached no, and no, no judgment, nothing. Just, it's okay. You're a pastor's wife and you may not believe in God. That's all right. Yeah, and I think I, I want to touch on that for a little bit. And Charlie, I may Or in want, God that want... you believed before, yeah. Right, no, but so um, I didn't say this, but Charlie and Jennifer planted a church, this beautiful church, Mago Day in Peoria, eight years ago. And you have a faith crisis couple years ago and you don't know if you believe in god anymore and i mean for most churches like the that's not okay you know the (laughs) pastor's wife is freaking out maybe not going to church or i didn't tell a lot of people well good (laughs) and you shouldn't have right because that's no right i I mean yeah you i mean just for you yeah but can you talk about how you guys handled that together charlie and jen can you talk about kind of how you navigated that together because as I was listening to it through Charlie over the last couple of years and just feeling for you, Jen, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty complex. So how did you guys navigate that? Why don't you take that one? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I will, I'll say <clears throat> I never felt any expectations from you. I mean, again, I got the same message from him that I got from the Sluttons and Crane. Yeah. It's okay. It's pretty great. I love you anyway. Yep. I mean, Oh. Well, 
<clears throat> we met in eighth grade and started dating late in high school. And so we're only, we're young, and yet we've still, we're, I mean, we're at our 20th wedding anniversary in May. Yeah. And so I say to people all the time, the thing about us is that we started dating long before I was going to be a pastor. Like, I don't think you married me because I was going to be a pastor. You probably married me in spite of me being a pastor. <laughs> that was not, like, that was just not ever your aspiration. Yeah. And so it's always been for us. It's, I don't mean it quite this way, but it's been my thing. It's, it's the way I need to follow after God. We've never been a package deal. Right. And I think in our background, especially, it was always assumed that the pastor's wife played the piano and was the secretary yeah. and it was a package deal. And that's never been how we've operated. And early in our, ministry career when I was a youth pastor and we had no kids you were very involved in the ministry but then once we had started having kids I mean that was that was where your focus was and it wasn't it's not as if we've ever been the pastor you've never been quote the pastor's wife I don't think and that's not an expectation of our church either right no. and so that takes a lot of pressure off and so I remember a moment there's one moment I remember for me the darkest part of her journey was there was a we had a Good Friday service a couple years ago, and um, I was waiting for her to show up. And it was kind of like, we're a small enough church that I was like, we're not going to start this until she gets here. And yeah. her and the boys are coming. And I kept looking at my watch, and it got later and later. And I was sending her texts, and finally she just sent me a text, and she says, I'm not coming. Yeah. And so we started the service, and it was really hard. It was really, for me, just personally, like I wanted my wife to be supporting me, and she wasn't there. And it didn't have much to do with God. It just had to do with my own ego in the moment. But um, out of that was a conversation between us, and she just said, "I don't, I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm, I, I'm just, I feel like it's all fake, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not into it anymore." And to me, that was kind of a low, low point. Um, and I think in the moment we talked about like, there's no expectations from our church. I'm not going to lose my job if you don't go to church. Um, not in our church, at least. And that's, I, that's not true of most pastors, I don't think. Um, and we talked about, like, you know, we'll figure it out, and I'll bring the kids when I can and all that stuff. And But um, I don't know. Our, our, we are deeper than that. Like, yeah. We are something more than that, yes. you know? And so even if she stopped going to church and— that would be hard only at an ego level. It, it would only be hard at like, a, I want her to tell me what a great preacher I am every Sunday kind of way. You know, like that, that would be the part that'd be hard, you know. Um, How's that working out? It never works that way. But, um, but at an us level, I mean, I've said to her for the last two years, I, I love the journey she's on. Yeah. We have better, more more interesting conversations about faith than we ever have. And I, I love it. I love the journey she's on. I, you know, I, I don't want, I don't wish the tears on her and all the angst that she feels, but I've, I, I've enjoyed the, the struggle. Well, and I, I, I have to say, I really like the conversations it brings up with our kids. I've kind of yeah. been open with our older two and, um, who are 14, who are 14 and 12. 12. Yeah, I should yeah. say that. And so, I mean, they know. They've seen me cry, and they they know that it was it's hard for me to let this go, and sad for me, and hard for me, and confusing for me. But on the other hand, it's given us so many good conversations to what is 
really God then. I mean, it's a mystery. And um, I mean, I got this tattoo on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Love, because yep. God is love. And I feel like love was what I got last year. Mm. You know, when I said, I don't know if I believe in God, if God is there. That's what I got back was love from our friends, from wow. Charlie. So I need to see this all the time. You know, it's in a good visible spot. And um, that for me right now is is it. I mean, is, is love. I know that sounds kind of, the more I think of it, like even the force, like the force, <laughs> you know, may the force be with you kind of mm. like that kind of even. You know, what I hear when I hear that, Jen, is um, I, I've heard the phrase like the simplicity that comes after the complexity. Mm. So it's like, First of all, there's like naivete and like, oh, you know, formulas, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's like, oh, questions without answers, blah, blah. And then there's like, I got love tattooed on my wrist because at the end of the day, that's what it all, all boils down to. Yeah. And that's and enough. It, that's enough. And really what, yeah. what problem, what situation, I feel like there, any situation that is really bad, if you have somebody that's by you that says, I'm mm -hmm. willing to walk this with you, yeah, you can get through it. Yeah. When you're walking it alone, you can't. I mean, that's it's when, when it's it feels really terrible. Yeah, but love could be the answer to a lot. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. just pause. <laughs> that's a mic drop right there. Yeah. yeah, love could be the answer to a lot. So, you know, part of what I want to ask, um, and then I want to get back to a few other things. But so, you know, let's take you back to age seventeen, okay. and let's say someone would have said, "Hey, you know, Jennifer." I'm struggling with God. I don't know if God is real. What kind of answer would you have given at age 17? <laughs> I, I would have probably offered to pray for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, really? Oh, sugar, sweetheart. I would have probably. Bless your heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe you would have even said, you know, that's okay for now, but make sure yeah. you get back. Right. And, don't don't yeah. stay there forever. Yeah, don't stay there yeah. forever. Right? And so, and okay. God. No, no, no. We would have played Michael W. Smith's I Missed the Way. Oh. That, yes. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we would have, like, yeah, judged and, like, oh, I'm praying for you that yeah. you won't be so lost. Yeah. Or I, yeah. I was me. I, had, I ran into somebody the other day, and we know a mutual person. Are like, have you talked to so-and-so? And I'm like. Oh, they're really lost. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Like, he's really lost his way. Yeah. And I was thinking inside, like, no, I think the journey he's on is really beautiful. And we were in California and hung out with him one morning, and it was great. And and I was like, we had an amazing conversation. I didn't say all this because I was like, in their mind, they had already judged and condemned that he's lost his way. Yeah. And I think that's what, I mean, I think that's what we all do is, what well, we all used well, to do, maybe. Yeah. I, I had a tendency to think an awful lot about myself. I think I was, again, raised that way, but I mean... Yeah, kind of proud of the way. Yeah, I thought about stuff and for sure. Yeah. You're one on the enneagram. You're you you, you got it going on. <laughs> um, but but that's what I mean. Like um, so the so the so the pot is boiling over. Yep. The pot that you've been neglecting for ten years. Yep. Maybe because you've run away from it. Maybe because just as you've been busy, now it's boiling over. Now you're cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. And you get love tattooed on your wrist, and you say things like, "I think love can do a lot." Yeah, um, that's crazy growth. I would I don't say. Don't see it yet, but hopefully. <laughs> no, that's amazing 
crazy leaps and bounds getting it is how I see it. Yeah. Um, not like you're there. Yeah. Of course you're not there. Yeah. Of course you have questions. Of course, you know. Right. But, um, and I think it's true that like in maybe in three years, yeah, you may look back on this night and say, yeah, I think I probably did know mm-hmm. more than I, th- than I knew. Well, it's almost like sometimes you're scared to say it too. Yeah. I remember one specific night and I've told this person, so it's not like I'm ratting him out, but we were sitting at Tim Crane's house. All of us were on his couch and he, they have an accent chair that kind of sits off to the side and he was sitting on the edge of that chair, like his elbows on his knees saying <clears throat> to Charlie and I and the Sluttons, cause we had just met him at that point, like six or eight weeks before. And he was saying, I really want to be your friend. I love you guys. You are my people. I really want to be your friend. And I remember him saying the words, I'm going to chase you down. And if you don't reciprocate at the same level, it's fine. It's okay. But I love you. And I really want to be, I, I want to be in. I, I want to do life with you. It was kind of intense words, you know, yeah. when you think you just met this person. But I remember sitting there thinking, gosh, that's amazing. But then I had this thought in my head, like, I wonder if that's how God feels about me. Oh, wow. Like, that he's going to chase me down. And if I don't reciprocate at the same level, it's okay. Yeah. But he wants that. And so for whatever reason, I, I wonder if three years from now, you know, I will look back and say those words, that, that, that was yeah. God speaking, speak, yeah. quote, you yeah. know, speaking yeah. to me at that point. No, I get it. But sometimes, you know, you're kind of scared to say for sure. That's... Well, yeah, I think we're all scared to declare. Yeah. Like, well, I heard from God or, you <clears throat> right. know, God is like this or God is like that, especially when we've been burned or when we, yeah. you know, we're all... We're all nervous to declare that, but, um, but as I hear you, I hear you have some great wonderings. Like maybe that is, maybe God isn't looking for me just to follow the formula and get it right so that finally I can be loved. You know, maybe God sees me in the fumbling and the stumbling and the swearing and the (laughs) losing it and the, and God still just ruthlessly recklessly pursues me maybe that's Chases, true yeah maybe that's what's true you know that's what i hear you saying like chasing like a kid you know because right. i didn't think of it like a hunt you down when he was saying it i was thinking of like our kids playing tag yeah but that, that's the picture i had in my mind like a playful yeah. chase you yeah. know yeah and i think let's talk about that for a second do you mind so okay. like god is playful Mm-hmm. God as innocent, God as young, God as I think there's this G.K. Chesterton quote that's like something like um, we are always getting old, but God yeah. is younger than we are. Yeah, that's your tattoo, yeah. Yeah, Charlie. It's Charlie. Yeah. So, yeah, so Charlie, tell, <laughs> tell us about that and about your tattoo. Oh yeah, so um, th- the quote by Chesterton starts with um, maybe God makes every uh, a child never gets tired of playing hide-and-seek. Right. Like, you think about kids playing peekaboo or hide-and-seek, and they never tire of it. And he says, maybe maybe God says to the sun every day, do it again, or the moon every night, do it again. And by the way, just driving tonight home from yeah. the airport, yeah. Steve and I are driving, we were and there was a gorgeous sun, oh, sunset. They're amazing And there was right a, a gorgeous moonrise at the same time. Uh, and we were just like, full moon, ah! too. It was yes. a full moon, yeah. and it was just like all this beautiful and wonder and... And so that was, that's my tattoo is it's a sunrise with do it again underneath. And he says, um, 
for our father, we've grown, we've sinned and grown tired, but our father is younger than we. Yes. And there's just that idea of wonder and joy and playfulness and that, um, I, I think, like I've seen you, I've never seen you read so much as you did in the last couple of years. Like there was, there's yeah. been stacks of books on your table. I think you've read every memoir of somebody struggling with faith that yeah, came I out. I binge read those. You binge read, <laughs> yes. But yeah, Addie Zierman, yes. Sarah Bessie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So hi, Addie. Hi, Sarah. You yeah. guys are great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had Addie come and part of that was like, I yeah. just wanted her to spend time with I mean, we read that book, I think Addie's book and both laughed and cried and it was gorgeous because it was part yeah. of it was our story. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that's been for you a lifeline is finding, wait a minute, I'm not alone. Yeah. There's lots of people like me who struggle mm-hmm. and don't know. If, well, because you, you've yeah. gone through this, but Charlie loves it. I mean, he loves the challenge. He yeah. loves, oh, that's awesome. He just loves change. I mean, I said this before tonight, I love to mow the yard. Yeah. It's just back and yeah. forth, back and forth. Yeah. And it looks so good when you're done. It's yes. like cleaning the floors outside. It looks great. I like that. Yeah. I mean. And I, I think there's a, a story I was going to tell earlier because it has to do with our youngest son. So every year in our church, we have a longest night service. Yeah. December 20th, 21st. 21st, 22nd, whatever those shortest winter night solstice. Yeah, winter mm-hmm. solstice. And in the liturgical tradition, it's a service where you honor um, darkness in people's lives. Specifically in Christmas where people are like decorating and it's all supposed to be joy and festivity and party you acknowledge that there's people suffering. Yeah. And so this year in our church, we did open mic. So the, the sanctuary is completely dark, but open mics. Yes. So you can't see who's speaking. You just hear disembodied voices. And so I didn't know if that was going to work this year. And so we, we put it out there. And the first woman steps up and says, I lost my mom three weeks ago. And just, it got intense after that. Then I lost a baby. I lost a friend. I lost, you know, like people just naming their griefs and you got up and said, um, it's my childhood God. And so all four of our boys, 14, 12, 12, nine nine and eight eight are all sitting there. And when they, I I wasn't in the car, but tell it like you, well, we just had this amazing conversation. They wanted to know what was that about? Yeah. (laughs) So this is driving home. Driving driving home. They went Well, they had never been to the longest night service. So this is the first time that I took them. It's emotionally raw. Yeah. I told them all, yeah, Yeah. you're, you know, there's no lights to read your book. You read Harry Potter. Right. You're going to have to just sit there in the dark. Because our kids read Harry Potter during church. (laughs) Yeah. That's a normal thing. That's great. (laughs) It is. Um, Oh, Snape. Yeah. I know. I know. Right. Oh. Gosh. Mm. Watch Galaxy Quest last night. He's in oh, that. He is. Rickman. R.I.P. But we, we just had this great conversation about um, like hell we talked about. I mean, it, it's all the, I know you're going to have to remind me a little stuff because it was just great. When, and Max when you told kept it to saying, me, they started with like, what does that even mean? Yeah, that you lost your, your childhood, childhood God. God. Oh, yeah. gosh. What does that mean, Mom? You know, and they wanted to know. And so the way you told me that you were having a conversation about how you perceived God growing up yes. as a mean old Gandalf. Yeah. Wow. I did. I mean, I, I still can't, like when you said, I don't want to call him he. Thank you. Because it's just like a, yeah. a guy with a mallet, you know, long white beard, kind of. Angry. Kind of disappointed. Yeah. Kind of disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and, and we talked about, Maddox said, he who's feels, who's eight, yeah, he's our youngest, he feels like, God is like a mist. 
Like it's Whoa. just all around you. You can't see him, but it's sort of like a mist. Like you can feel it. Mm. You can sort of feel, you know, yeah. wetness on you, but you can't see it. Mm. He has a lot of. I love that. Good, you know, insights for an eight-year-old. He also told me this. I don't know if this is the same night or earlier, but he we were talking about, you know, that I grew up that hell was a place where you burned forever. Right. Your body was on fire forever, and he, they, he and Jackson, who's nine, both were like, "That's terrible. That's awful. Why? How could God, who loves you, do that?" And then Maddox said, "Cause I, I've never heard that before, but I always guess I just thought of hell as like maybe like a hallway with benches on either side and people just arguing." Oh. I was like, "That that I'm going with that. Yeah, that, I'm going with that. Because no peace, that no does love, sound like hell. Yeah. no di- no agreement, no grace yeah. for each other. Yeah, that that that's." A yeah. denominational meeting with people arguing. Yes. <laughs> that does sound yeah. like a lot, yeah. like hell. Oh. You know, C.S. Lewis, I mean, of course, yeah. that's his picture, basically, yeah. in The Great Divorce. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, not quite the hallway, but... but really? But, oh, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he talks about... really could be right on no he's, no, he's right on. Yeah, oh. he talks about Napoleon uh-huh. as one character off on his own in his mansion, but he's just marching up and down yeah. but he's to- he's absolutely separated from anyone else and he's angry and like the gnashing of the mm-hmm. teeth you know we read about that yeah. uh-huh. and that's like this this oh god oh, oh, you know it's the endless frustration and yeah. anger and um and so i and i think that's a much better picture um i mean yeah burning forever um yeah um all right so Oh, yeah, the point go. in all that whole thing was I, I think that for you, that idea of I lost my childhood God, mm. you talked earlier about grief. That for you has been a grief. Yeah. And it's not true Slow of everyone. Grief. It's no. not true of everyone. Some people some people get to a spot like, where they say like, yeah, I mean, old, oh, I'm, brush my hands off, I'm done, yeah. move on. Um, for you, and there's lots of people like that, that has been a grief for you. Like, you really feel like it's like losing a dear friend. You wow. lost. Well, it's not like the, you know, kind of the rug got pulled out. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So, Jennifer, I mean, okay, so the rug gets pulled out. feels very vulnerable. Maybe exposed. Maybe unsafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the pot has boiled over. Mm-hmm. What do you, where do you, what do you do now? Like what, 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 where do you, you go cry at the Slutton's house Yep. and you listen to them tell you again, it's okay. We love yeah. you. Yeah. And the cranes keep showing up at your house, helping you build and keep staining wood, Ashby stained wood. Um, <laughs> you keep going and I, I guess I, I don't know, asked, hoped that I could just see it, hear it, feel it, something, just a thread, like just something. And I mean, I I don't have it figured out. I just, I, I know their love and tenderness got me through it got me through last year. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't have any 
solid answers. That I don't know Sorry. that you I don't know that you know how beautiful your answers are. And I'm not saying that like as a you should know, you know, yeah. but just like love and tenderness got me through. Yeah. And that's probably what's going to keep getting me through. Yeah, I mean I think that's the simplicity on the other side of complexity again. I mean, I, I think you are experience, experiencing something that um, is has a profound depth to it that, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know that can be put to words totally. Um, but I think you're really onto something beautiful, actually. I, I think... I think maybe I've tried to say to some people in our church, like I think that sometimes we think of faith as maybe a, um, a, a tried and true back to the idea of formulas that if I just do this and learn this thing and go, do this, it'll all figure out. And maybe the analogy I've been using with people recently is like, it's not, we think of faith as a journey. So it's like a trail. When I go hiking, there's a trail and you have a destination and you're hiking to a waterfall and then you're going to see it and it's there. And I've said like, I think that we need to get away from that idea. And like faith is maybe more like being on a sailboat in a storm in an ocean and it's at night. That That's the journey that it doesn't, it's not predictable yeah. or knowable or where it's going to go. And it's much foggier and that what you have maybe the only thing you have and, and maybe this is what God's inviting us into. I mean, we were here in our house earlier tonight yeah. with a group of people talking about Exodus three and I will be what I will be. And, um, that idea that God is not predictable or defined, like it's always something not definable. And so we're just, that's all we have is the struggle and the journey and the questions and the doubt. That is, that is the thing like that. At, that actually is the thing. Like, yeah. it's not that you lost something. It's that you woke up to the thing is this. The thing is the questioning. The thing is Jacob wrestling with the angel in the Javik. I guess I, I just grew, thing. I grew up, and it's hard for me to reverse my thinking because yeah. I grew up thinking that kind of questioning, that that level of questioning is bad. And, I mean, in my mind, like a journey or road, whatever – I remember one of our friends got to this point. This was several years ago. And in my mind, I was like, you know, I guess I, I just pictured her jumping off the cliff of faith, quote unquote faith. And I remember telling Charlie, I feel myself kind of walking that road, but I'm not jumping. I'm not going to fall. I, I might look over the edge, but I'm, I'm not jumping. And you, you know what? I fell. I mean, yeah. I, I went off the edge. Yep. It happened. But you've never been so engaged as you are now. You've never so been in it, you know, like, than you have right now. And so maybe that is the thing is, by the way, this conversation we've been having a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is not new. But that is the thing, is that faith. Uh, faith is that struggle and those doubts and that. I, I go back to Jacob wrestling with God in the, in the Jabbok. And out of that, that's the name of Israel, is the people who struggle with God, the people who wrestle with God. Like, that wrestling is the thing. And that what you have is you're in this wrestling. Go back to the, the ship in the ocean at night. What you have is your crewmates. Mm -hmm. You have those people that are also pulling at your sails and pull, you know, like the, the people that are in your corner. That is the thing. 
but that's a that's a very different orientation to faith than how we were raised. Yeah, right? I think when I hear you, Jen, I mean, I hear the Sluttons, the Cranes, Charlie. Mm -hmm. There were some people that just helped you yeah. wrestle and struggle without feeling like you know, like without without letting me you. feel like I fell. Right. I mean, and without making I you feel stupid. I or, was off the cliff, but it was okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it that cliff really wasn't as far as I thought. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and maybe we all need to jump off. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because maybe if we don't keep evolving in our understanding of God, uh, and we talked about this in, in, in the little um, little group study that we had tonight, but is there an idolatry of the, of our understanding of God that creeps in that actually ceases to be God, but is just the old belief system that's kept us safe that we're calling God and but actually it's an idol you know well I mean this is going way back what 10 years ago to Velvet Elvis but the idea that our oftentimes the way many of our traditional faiths are is it's brickianity it's a brick wall mm -hmm. and I think what you said earlier <clears throat> is that once you pull one brick out and go I don't know about this they start falling very fast well, and, and I, I tell this story, too, that I tried patching it. Uh -huh. I tried that for a long time, you know, spackling and just yeah. holding. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. Holding all you the know. walls up and, and patching. Yeah. But then eventually. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, but I can't think about that. Yeah, you, just, you, know? you can't hold them up forever. No. And patching does not, it's not permanent. So then you, and so eventually you embrace the, yeah, the old walls tumbling down. There it goes. Jump Let on the it trampoline. go. Jump yeah. on the trampoline. <laughs> Yeah, I actually call that the, the, the house of cards theory where mm -hmm. yeah. it's like sometimes yeah. I hear people defending mm -hmm. God, you know, like yeah. such energy mm -hmm. as if God were a house of cards yep. that if you just Absolutely. pull the wrong thing, then the whole thing's going to collapse. Mm -hmm. And okay, I can, I, I get that on one hand, but on the other hand, I go, wow, I mean, if, if God really is that fragile, Mm -hmm. then I <laughs> don't to worship right that's yeah. not worthy of right. worship and and maybe 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 we just always need to expand into new understandings of this expansive God and the crazy thing is you know we're really okay saying that God is outside of our know knowing God is God's ways are not our ways all these things God is infinite but at the same time, we sort of try to systematize our understanding of God in a way that God never changes. So, um, okay, I think we're about to get uh, Jackson, Jackson coming in. So, we're going to say hi to Jackson. This is going to be amazing right now. Um, okay, we're going we're to press pause for a second here, but Jackson has just come in. Maybe not. Hey. Hi, Jackson. I know it's like 1130 at night, Jackson. You don't even know who I am. He's going to take his shoes off first. See it. Oh, what a good number one right there, huh? Hey, Jackson, you want to say hi to the mic right there? Just, just say a big hi. Just go here and say hi. Introduce yourself to Steve. 
Hi. How old are you, Jackson? Uh, nine. And where were you? Mm. At your buddy's house? Uh, Nick's house. You might have been asleep in the car, right? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Did you have baseball practice today? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do? Good. Keep the head down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Don't forget. So great. See, this is life at 1130 in Peoria, Illinois, 1136. Nine-year-old. Nine-year-old. He's doing great. Um, uh, What I was saying, I think, Jen, is just that I I think we are afraid to jump off the cliff. Yeah. But we probably all need to. Yeah. Because God is way bigger. And even that sounds cliche doesn't it, Ashby? I mean... But, but God is much more expansive than we understand and know. And when we, when we make God out to be the same thing, uh, the same formula that doesn't, doesn't work for us mm-hmm. anymore, it's just doing nobody any good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So let's say that there are people listening that are just hanging on by a thread. You know, maybe like mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what would you say to them? It's okay. I mean, really, it is okay. I, I think if our kids came to us and said, I don't know that you love me, I don't, I mean, I would be crushed, but I would work like heck to get them to feel, see, every sense, see our love for them, yeah. you know, and see that they mattered and I don't know, love, love, mm. you know, love and tenderness is yeah. the tattoo. I know. Yeah. I, I would just say it's okay. I mean, I, I, Charlie mentioned this earlier before this, but in the out of sorts book by Sarah Bessie, where she says she just wants to be a, a lamp, you know, to kind of help somebody if they need to sort of see a little bit of light to help find their way. And I, I've, I've heard people say story, story. We went to Storyline Conference, and they say if you hear the word over and over, you start to pay attention. I guess that's, if somebody came to me and asked, I would just say, yeah, it's okay. I, I know. I definitely know what that feels like. Solidarity. Yeah. So we've mentioned a couple books, uh, Out of Sorts by Sarah Bessie, um, When We Were on Fire by Addie Zierman. I will include the links to those in the show notes for this episode. So just check that out at steveweens.com, W-I-E-N-S. And uh, you can buy those books, and they really are really, really great. Um, Out of Sorts is a book about what do you do when the old answers don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And When We Were on Fire is... Addie's uh, just amazing, courageous journey of sort of being in the youth group days of the 1990s where everyone was had all the answers and what happened in her life as a 20-something, 30-something person when all the answers ran out for her. Um, so we're going to put those on the show notes. Uh, Charlie, anything else that you would add to anyone who's just kind of hanging on? 
you're not going to beat Jan's answer because it was sublime, but no, how do you come? You'll come pretty close. Can I switch the perspective? Sure. It's from um, from a spouse who watches somebody they love struggling and yeah, there you, know, you go. Really, That's all good. that. It's funny because um, I'm paid for a living to help people in their faith journey, and the person I feel most unequipped to help is my own wife. Right, right. Like yep, yep. I'm sure Mary doesn't come to you and say, "Give me spiritual nope. advice." <laughs> no, mama. <laughs> no, like that's just not how yeah. it works. Like I think people have this perception that, oh, she's the pastor's wife. She's no, getting she's, all kinds yeah. of godly counsel. <laughs> no, she's getting me being an a hole to her most of the time. You know, like yes. you know, that's so. Yeah, I think for me, people come to my office and they want answers, and so that's what I do. But my role is different here. And so mostly I feel like when I've been my best, I've shut my mouth mostly yeah. and just held her. Um, and I keep hoping that it's going to be the moment where she's waiting for me to, you know, write a paper for her or preach her a little sermon that I, well, let me pull a little sermon yeah, out of my pocket. Yeah. And it just never comes, no. you know, and what she, what she needs. And I, you know, we know all this stuff about you need to say 10 kind things before you say one critical thing or whatever, but it's it's more like 100 supportive things before I say, have you thought about, you know? Yeah. And my temptation, I think all of us, our temptation is because we care, and it comes out of a good place. Yeah. It's because we care and we want to help, we want to give advice. Well, have you thought about, have you read, why don't you just? Right. And what I've learned in this is what she needs more than anything is me to say I love you. and. Yeah with you and even if you don't figure it out which you know won't happen I mean who figures it out nobody figures it out and if you tell me you figure it out then I'm going to be sad you're back on the other path again right like that's not this path yeah so I think that's hard but I I, I don't I'm not trying to make this about me because it's her journey but there's a hard it's hard when you're when you really love somebody and you see them going through something really hard for them and at the same time, you're convinced that it's the most beautiful thing you've ever yeah. seen. Like, yeah. and I say that to her, and she's right now rolling her eyes at us when I say that, right? But it's it really is. It's been beautiful and gorgeous, and I love it. I love how engaged she's been, and I love that she keeps throwing books at me and saying, "You gotta read this one," and yeah. forget the other one I recommended. Read this one now, you know. Yeah. And I I love that, and I we, I feel like we've been so alive, even if you have felt like you're on shaky ground yeah yeah you know yeah i i feel like if we get any feedback from this episode it'll be people wanting to Mm -hmm. yeah talk to you and saying oh my gosh jen your journey is so beautiful it's so rich and real and i loved what you said and i resonated with love and tenderness and um and I think it just highlights we all need space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, and no timeline. No, no timeline. No pressure. <laughs> no. I, I, one, I met, had coffee with a lady who was 80, and she said, I just went through this a few years ago, so there's no like time when it's supposed to happen to no. you in a life. And she said, there was also no pressure to, don't think that like next year you have to have this. Yep. Back to formulas. so good yeah. for her to say that to me as an 80-year-old, yep. you know, or 70. Oh, she is. Let's say 70. Let's say 70. <laughs> 70. But still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think space to wrestle. 
Now, Charlie, you, you referenced the Genesis 32, you know, Jacob wrestling yeah. and then getting renamed, you know. Yeah. So he gets renamed Israel, which means uh, struggling with God and yeah. people and overcoming or is able. Yeah. And I think that's the blessing, right? And, and Jacob is just longing for a blessing mm-hmm. in this text, Genesis 32, which we all are. Oh, there, I was just, you just triggered my memory. There's an old book by Philip Yancey, Reaching for the Invisible God. Yeah. And he's talking about <clears throat> David is a, like in all of our churches, David would not be an elder. No. no like I always say David's Bono mixed with Frank Underwood. Yes. That's <laughs> David. Yes. He's not a good person. No. And yet, the, the line Philip Yancey had, and I can't remember it exactly, but he's like, but for all his foibles... David still wrestled with God. Yeah. That he still, despite all his brokenness and all his, all that, he kept Psalm 51. You yeah. know, like, just, that's amazing. And yep. and he said, like, I, I'm really paraphrasing Philip Yancey. He said it much more eloquently. But, like, maybe the only thing God can't handle is our indifference. Oh. <sighs> That maybe God can handle everything else, but it's it's when we just check out that God is most, I don't want to say God's disappointed, but. Isn't there a verse about that being lukewarm or something? He yeah. spits you out. Yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. Something. Revelation <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, that has always, that's been important to me for a yeah. long time in my life. That maybe, maybe I don't have to have it figured out, but I just need to keep wrestling and that's, that's good enough. That's the thing. I, I think there's a lot of, man, I think there's a lot of juice in that, a lot of wisdom in that. And I think, um, I'm, I'm hearing voices in my head right now. Well, you know, you can't always question. Well, you can't always be. And I just want to say to those voices, that's shame talking. That's fear talking. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's idolatry of systematic theology, having to figure things out because I think healthy, the, the, the characters I see in scripture, even they didn't they didn't have it figured out. I mean, Moses even, we talked about Moses tonight. He goes to his grave, not going into the promised land, you know? Yeah. He goes and he, but yet the promised land for him, this is Ruth Haley Barton. Thank you, Ruth. (laughs) But becomes not getting into the promised land, but being with God Mm -hmm. in the journey, in the ups, in the downs, in the crazy, in the struggle, in the wrestling, in the highs and the lows that becomes the promised land for Moses, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why he can go to his death feeling fulfilled and content and okay. Yeah. Um, I think when we make it become, um, we have, I just need to say this, we have Death Star ice cubes here. I mean, yes, this is, um, thank you, Charlie Dean. <laughs> so amazing. That's what you're hearing clinking. And I just say, Yes, to that. <laughs> May the force be with you. May the force be with you all, and also um, with you. And also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sensing we're wrapping it up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sensing yeah. we're done. Ashby uh, has a newborn at home. Have we mentioned this? Oh, Ashby's Ashby. still sitting with us, and she has a newborn you at home. You were just gonna stay for a few minutes, but you stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> That's a good sell. Ashby, newborn at home. How old? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, mama, yeah. boy or girl. Oh, girl. That's a good husband at home right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Might have some words for you. Okay. Um, So here's what we say at the end of every podcast. Um, We say we are dust and breath. Mm -hmm. 
We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we're in it together. And I love you guys. I just love the (laughs) friendship we have, the journey we have. This was beautiful. I can't wait to launch this out into the world. And uh, it'll, it's going to be, I think, a gift to a lot of people. So I can't wait for that. Okay. Peace, everybody. Grace. Peace. We'll be back next week.